welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover the world of independent comics. I am one of your hosts and have watched all the best picture Oscar nominations, but then forgot to watch the uh, annual Oscars ceremony, Brian. <laughs> and as always, with me is Darcy. Who has done neither of those things <laughs> and probably will never do neither. Never do neither, not, never do either. It's definitely a trick. And also we have Carrie. Hi. I don't like movies. <laughs> Great. So yeah, Carrie was out of town. So I took the opportunity to watch all the Oscar movies. And then I forgot that the Oscars were on yesterday until after they were done. But yeah. Okay. So apparently well. the carpet was pink or some shit. I don't know. Twitter Ooh. was having a thing. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, we are here today to talk about some independent comics. Uh, um, no news as far as I can tell. So let's just get into our spotlights. Uh, Carrie, do you want to start this time? Sure. Um, so the book or that I'm spotlighting this week is called uh, At the Mountain's Base by Tracy Sorrell and illustrations are by Wishoyo Alvitre. I am blessed enough to know Wishoyo in real life. We worked together a thousand years ago and uh, she was a childhood friend of mine. So, or like a young adult friend of mine. And um, she is an an amazing Native American artist. Like if you guys don't follow her on any of her social media feeds, please do. Um, She is Tongan and um, she's an amazing, an amazing illustrator. So the re- that book I'm highlighting is actually not a comic per se, but it's um, a children's picture book. And this Absolutely story- counts. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Um, the book actually is celebrating um, a Cherokee family and their traditions while a member of their family is returning from the armed services. So, um, and the person that they are waiting for is a female uh, fighter pilot. So it's just, and it's less about the service to the country and it's more about the traditions that the family follows and what it means to be waiting for someone to return. So it's just, it's beautiful, it's well-written. It's a lovely way to teach children about um, Native American culture and their traditions uh, for people who aren't familiar and um, I just, anytime I can support somebody that means something to me, I'm all for it. So the publisher is Quayla Books, and uh, it just sounds really rad. So I'd give it a shot. It does sound really rad. Yeah. Shoot me. Uh, We'll put the, obviously, we always do recommendations, so we'll definitely put the socials in our Twitter feed. So Definitely. a, A place to follow and pick that up. So that sounds great. Awesome. Thanks. And I think uh, Wasoyo actually had recently was part of the uh, Marvel Comics um, you know, Indigenous special that they did. Oh, a few yeah. yeah. I knew so, I recognized that name. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. And she does this really cool thing called Indigicon that's usually somewhere in New Mexico. Uh, Pre COVID, it was every November. So, um, and it's literally just uh, a Comic Con for Indigenous artists. And mm-hmm. um, if you, can't go or don't want to go but still want to support you can actually um pay for someone's admission because they try to get local young people indigenous young people out there just to go be immersed in their own culture and see what uh like the artistry is so it's just really cool that's awesome yeah that's pretty cool definitely well probably have that link for that as well definitely that's cool 
All right. Well, Darcy, how about yourself? Um, what do you have spotlight today? Uh, mine is a future book uh, that I'm focusing on because I tried to pre-order it at my local comic book shop over the weekend and they couldn't do it. So I'm moderately frustrated and mm. I'm fighting off pre-ordering it through Amazon or somewhere else. <laughs> I want to kind of get it through my local comic book shop, but I'm, uh, I, I, I want to do it there, but I also want to order it now. You know how you get, yes. um, want it now, want it now, but it comes out, it's a uh, Jellia, which is by uh, Junie Ba through TKO. It comes out in July. So birthday gift for me. Um, <laughs> and it is, a uh, West African uh, kind of fantasy stories, kind of fairy tale kind of thing. Cool. Um, so kind of uh, not anything like the same stories, not anything like that, but it kind of, when I was looking into it, like looking at it, it kind of reminded me of like the magic fish, the way I was relating to it as a nice. story, um, as something I needed to pick up. And I've been kind of like looking into more African stories and trying to look at that continent for something comic wise. So I saw this and automatically I've got to get it. I've got to pre-order it from someone because it's exactly what I've been looking for. So um, I don't know a whole ton about it other than it's, um, you know, the blurbs that they've been putting out. And so uh, um uh, it's kind of uh, a character kind of like a prince the final prince of this kingdom that's dying uh, is taking his uh, jelly which is kind of a like a storyteller or a seer kind of person and they're kind of it from like really brief google searches i know nothing about this really uh, kind of like a cast of people almost like a priesthood but it's kind of like a storyteller or a um uh, like a balladeer kind of type person uh, they're going to gather to meet um, to kind of meet and fight off the wizard who's destroyed their kingdom um, and that's one of the stories I think there's going to be a couple of stories or something like that I don't really know but uh, the art's excellent um, and I'm super 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 excited and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, uh, my local comic book shop will get it together and I can finally freaking order for them. <laughs> I'm trying well, to support, you know, I'm yeah, trying absolutely. to support my local place. Yeah, you have to. That's, that's awesome. And sometimes it's difficult, though. And it sounds sometimes really good. It's difficult. It sounds it's, really good. It sounds really good. The art, uh, Ginny Ba's art's excellent. Um, just excellent, excellent art. Uh, doing for um uh who's what why did my i've got tattoos for robins who uh damien damien wayne a cover for a damien uh, wayne robin book Ooh. coming up cool uh, very cool which it, and art for that looks awesome uh, also in july but you know neither um, here nor there yeah. <laughs> i'm a big tko fan in fact i'm trying mm. to actually get um hard copies of all the graphic novels as they come out so i will definitely be buying this too but that's it sounds great i would buy this regardless if this was tko or not probably yeah i'm i don't have a ton of tko stuff but this you know it's exactly like i said it's exactly the sort of thing i've been looking for and kind of like trying to get into reading um because you just don't see a whole lot of african comics and i'm i'm trying to I'm trying to find more of them and I'm so glad this is coming out exactly when I'm 
when I'm looking for them. So it's like, hi, this is exactly what you're looking for. That's awesome. This yeah. is great that it's contemporary as well. It's exactly because the other ones I found were a little bit older. Yeah. So this is this is July. This is my birthday. This is exactly what I want. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's definitely a good gift. It is. <laughs> it is. The the comics gods are blessing you. The comics gods are blessing me with exactly <laughs> what I asked for. All right, well, on to my spotlight. Um, I have the mini deaths of Layla Star by Ram V, Felipe Andrande, Inez Amaro, and uh, letters by Andrew Design uh, from Boom Studios. Oh, man. <laughs> so um, I'm... I, from from uh, previous episodes, y'all probably know I'm a Ram V super fan, and <laughs> that whatever he's writing, I'm gonna pick up. Um, this was definitely probably one of the best Ram V books, if not one of the best comics I've read this year. You know, so um, it is. Uh, so it cut the plot basically. Get into the no plot massive here. spoilers. It's on my list. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll do this as little spoilers as possible. Oh no. So. Um, essentially, it, it takes place in Mumbai, India, and um, the, the now this happens in the first couple of pages, so this is not really a spoiler. But okay. the the so the, the Hindu personification of death, uh, mm-hmm. essentially the the spiritualism. Uh, I would, I always kind of like this. It, it kind of happens in a lot of different movies, usually in Christianity. So it was nice to see this in Hindu, um, in in Hinduism. It um, is basically the afterlife slash like spiritualism is like a it's like a um a corporate world in fact there was a giant skyscraper up in the clouds and so death goes into her boss's office and gets fired <laughs> because she finds out because the finds out there's a prophecy that there's a baby being born at this very moment that's going to uh cure death and make everyone immortal but once they're an adult so death is fired she doesn't take it uh too well and decides that uh, she wants to be well uh one of don't the part spoil of, part of the severance <laughs> part of the severance package is that you get to go live your life as a human so she arranges it so that when she comes to live her life as a human she ends up close to the baby so she can kill the baby so <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say there i'm not gonna get too much into it but you know out of <laughs> Out of spite. <laughs> Don't tell her anymore. Yeah. She wants that's to so, read it. That's so interesting. For some reason, that's not what I thought it was. Oh. I don't know what I thought it was, but that's... Huh. Yeah, it's like, it, it kind of reminds me of Good Omens. Um, yeah, that's exactly what, just what you said. I was like, that's that reminds yeah. me oddly of Good Omens. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry for laughing. But no, you no, no, literally no. just said... <laughs> I'm no spoilers. Let me tell you half the story. But no, there's so much more. There's absolutely so much more to the story. It's just that I'm just being silly. Yeah, and 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 (laughs) it's written well. The art is amazing. Um, it's it's definitely, um, instantly in my my list of like top books for the you know for 2021. That yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm, I'm, I meant to read it this week, but I just things got crazy, so I didn't get around to it. So I'm I'm looking forward to not this week, this week, but next week. I'm definitely getting around to it. Definite must read. So yeah, hope hope we get to read it soon. It's pretty good, and I promise you, I won't spoil it anymore. 
You're the best. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, I, I feel like I didn't spoil it. So I, you yeah. did. I don't. I don't think you did either. I don't think you did either. Because, because yeah, that's that's not what I. I don't know what I expected it to be. Because you know, I I just kind of ram V in the cover, and the art looked amazing. Yeah. So I think I just went with it. I knew the setting. I knew like very basics about the character. I don't think I knew anything about a baby. Oh yeah. And yeah, it, it, it does make me kind of think good omens the way you described it, exactly. which I love. So, you know, well, me, me too, definitely. And it's funny, too. This is the second week in a row where I've referenced a Neil Gaiman book as a <laughs> as it reminds me of something. So Starlight last week and good omens this week. So maybe next week I'll do American Gods or and, and Nasty <laughs> Boys. We'll see. <laughs> Neverwhere. Yeah. Oh, never, oh, I never read Neverwhere and I should because i heard it's super good that one and the uh, graveyard books are on my short list of to read soon wait you've never read the graveyard book but you always recommend it to me um yeah because i know you like jungle books <laughs> and, and and i know you also like um goth stuff. that i didn't know i the so, way you recommended it i oh, always thought that it was like it definitely reminded me of you okay <laughs> well i'll appreciate i appreciate so, yeah. that sentiment thank you so yes i i like to recommend things that i never read before so i don't spoil them <laughs> i can't spoil what i don't know exactly uh, all right so that should be a hashtag yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be a good t-shirt i i think it's something a lot of people do yeah yeah, exactly. yeah for sure like you probably but yeah no i i usually recommend on vibes so it's even something i have never read before but if i get the vibe that it would be something that someone else would be interested in then I, i'll recommend it yeah mm-hmm. but, I guess. yeah but usually evidently not in this case usually i i usually say oh i haven't read this yet but this sounds like something that's up your alley right but apparently i didn't do it this time i bought two copies <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it, you'll like it trust me <laughs> yeah you're like oh this is really good you yeah. should read it i'm like oh okay definitely yeah, but um, oh, it's funny. Um, it's hilarious. Um, okay, well, uh, hopefully Neil Gaiman will write an independent conflict soon so we can maybe, maybe we'll do Sandman because it's technically, well, has superheroes in it. So, But I've never read it and I've always wanted a reason to read it besides just reading it because I feel like the lore is really yeah. expansive and I think it's always felt cumbersome in the fact that it's been around for a long time and I just don't know about it. If, so if you want to give me a summer reading assignment, I'd like that. <laughs> if Gaiman's anything, he's a world builder. And actually that's yeah. what I like about Ram V because it's almost like that's what he is too, is that he builds and it's, beautiful worlds. But it's Ram, no, From a different perspective. Neil, no events to Neil Gaiman, who I yeah. also like. Yeah. Ram V does it a little bit more economically, I think. I 100% agree. I think... <laughs> If these Savage Shores was written by Neil Gaiman, it probably would have been a few more issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but no, the destination is the same though. But still, yeah, definitely the economics is there when it comes to Ram V. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, okay. Well, speaking about economics, I guess I this is a bad segue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Veronica's wealthy. <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, this is Brian just popping in real quick. Um, one thing we did forget to do until much later in this episode is uh, have a trigger warning or a content warning. So just wanted to put this in here right now. Uh, let's see. Um, animal cruelty abuse. It's fucked up. <laughs> and yes, just, uh, 
quick cameo from Carrie, <laughs> but yes, it is uh, animal abuse, uh, animal uh, cruelty, uh, rape, incest, uh, you name it. Um, so just uh, just wanted to let you guys know. Thank you. We're going to go into our main course, uh, which was chosen by Carrie. Uh, that's going to be um, Afterlife with Archie, the uh, first 10 issues, the only 10 issues that are out. It's um, And it's written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and art by Francesco Fran- Francovia and Jack Morelli. And so, uh, Carrie, since this was your choice this week, uh, do you want to give us a, a quick synopsis? No sure. <laughs> and I'm going to be completely transparent, dear, dear listeners of this podcast. So my life is extremely, extremely hectic, as I'm sure everyone else is as well. So um, I chose this with every intention of reading all 10 issues. I got to issue four, and I'll get into why I stopped at four a little, a little bit later. But if someone knows more about the synopsis than I do, I had a Wikipedia it this morning. So let me correct me. I don't mind being corrected. Um, so from the vibes I'm getting and from what I've read, there is a zombie apocalypse in Riverdale. Um, and I'm going to um and this. Hot dog is a big part of it. Am I giving spoilers? I don't no. know what I'm doing. Yeah, so you can spoil away. We spoil okay. away. Yeah, okay, I, I was so, just joking about spoilers. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So hot dog. <laughs> so okay. So also, please, everyone know I've never read an Archie comic before this. Oh. So, um, I, and I really wanted to watch the Riverdale show just because I like sexy scenes, and then I heard it got weird, so I never watched it. But um, so I honestly don't know any of the characters or any of the character <sighs> dynamics. So um. Hot dog. <laughs> hot dog is a dog yes that got dog's a dog the dog's a dog it got hit and jughead the owner was like losing his shit he was very upset so he went to sabrina who is a witch mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. part of a witchy family which was super cool yes and asked the witchy family to raise to bring back the dog to life and they said that's against our coven rules. Uh, Sabrina saw the hurt in Jughead and went against the family rules, which turns out to it feels like it's going to be a whole separate issue on its in and of itself. It was. So, okay. <laughs> so Jughead's dog comes back from the dead, like mm-hmm. all up Pet cemetery style, and exactly. all hell breaks loose. So apparently it's Halloween which is also, okay, like, okay, I'm getting off course, sorry. So anyways, Halloween, uh, Jughead gets bit by hot dog, Jughead goes to a Halloween dance, everyone is losing their marbles, there's a lot of different characters, Um, uh, Ginger, a Natalie, am I remembering that name right? I think so, yeah. Natasha, a Natalie, the girls in the cafe. Ginger and oh. Ginger and another girl. There's there's an Veronica. There's Betty. There's Archie, uh, who still somehow sounded like he was stuck in the fifties, <laughs> versus everyone else's. He's supposed to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And um, yeah. So 
there is a big zombie apocalypse and it's basically about the kids trying to survive in Veronica's home where I stopped. Now issues four through 10 may deal with more, but uh, that is the bulk of the synopsis. And so also, um, why, why did you choose this book? Okay, so I chose it because I wanted to read an Archie comic because one, I never read it. And two, like I, like again, for complete transparency, like I'm a, a very fearful person. And so COVID has made me like face fears that I've had. So now I'm getting into horror and I'm getting into horror like elements that I've like two years ago, a year ago, I don't know, like two years ago, I never would have been into. So now I'm like watching, I'm starting baby steps, like old horror movies and getting into that and like reading horror, like trying to read horror books and horror comics, just so that way I can kind of like, again, face those fears that I've been having. So um, that's why I chose the book. Cause I was like, hell yeah, I'm into zombies now. I'm into all this stuff. I want to read about it because it it kind of killed two birds with one stone for me and it looked cool. And um, Francesco Francovia's artwork, I've only been introduced to through his Instagram, but he mm-hmm. does like, um, like I fell in love with the way that he's doing old style, old school, like monster pictures. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Like that I fell in love with the artwork. I want to buy every single one and just plaster that in my home because it's beautiful. The coloring is beautiful. It's amazing. So knowing he was on the project of Afterlife with Archie, I was like, yes, this I'm all about this. It's a great introduction for a horror comic. Yeah, I thought very weird choice for an introduction to an Archie comic. Yeah, (laughs) most definitely. It's definitely more on the horror side. Um, And for, for your first Archie comic, it's an interesting choice. It is. Though it does get you all the characters of so, the entire Archie universe. It gets you everybody. Yeah, because eventually you even get Josie and the Pussycats. You get Josie end. and the Pussycats. You Which get I thought Sabrina. The take on them was pretty interesting. Fantastic I thought that was pretty take cool. on them. That was actually last probably issue. my favorite part of the entire series was the last issue. We'll, we'll get into. Okay, thank you for filling me in <laughs> on the rest we'll, that I uh, can't read. Synopsis for the last Ten, you or me, Brian? Um, if you want to do it, that that would be great. Okay. Or I can throw it in. Either one of us. Uh, okay. Four through six, they go to um, the lodge house, which Archie says is he knows is the most defensible because he's been trying to break in and bone <laughs> Veronica <laughs> for years now and hasn't managed. Um, so they go to that house and they kind of set up because it has, you know, like defenses and it has food and it has electricity and, uh, videos, uh, videos has like CCTV and stuff. And so they hang out there for a while and it goes good. Archie breaks out, goes into town, tries to look for his family. Doesn't work so well. He finds his mom and dad, mom and dad, uh, dad's zombie he has to kill his dad but he's able to bring his mom back there's a couple people in town two cheerleaders ginger and whatever i can't remember her name either (laughs) they have to burn down the pop's diner uh, but they're able to make it back um who else the blossoms 
uh, at first oh god the blossoms yeah that whole twin cess full crap mm-hmm. uh, they're being <laughs> creepy but eventually they make it to the lodges who else is in town who else is in town pretty much everybody else is dead or a zombie yeah. died at the at the at the dance the school dance um uh, reggie Lucy, so midge and kevin reggie midge is midge is dead Mid, midge midge and moose die in the in pool, the pool. At the yeah. lodges mm-hmm. uh, and so eventually at the house they're doing okay for a while but the jughead institutes a uh, attack on the house and they decide they're gonna have to escape so they escape and they begin doing like cross-country escape from the zombies which is now they do this whole thing which is horrifying now being in covid like it was probably funny in 2014 or whenever this was yeah it was 2014. not so funny now it's like oh first it's one person and then it's like 10 people and then it's like 1600 people and then it's 600,000 people and i was like please shut up <laughs> um, <laughs> they explain you know the progression of contagions yeah that was horrifying i didn't like it so much <laughs> mm-hmm. i thought the same thing too yeah um, it was kind of hard to read and so they're going across betty and veronica are still doing their betty and veronica thing against um Archie but at some point Archie kind of makes this decision for Betty and they're kind of kissing behind trees and shit and I'm like oh holy crap uh the Blossoms Cheryl and Jason Jason becomes more and more creepy Cheryl murders Jason with a machete you don't see it it's off camera Mm -hmm. Uh, but jason's been creepier and creepier there's maybe a zombie involved but you don't see it so there's this whole council are we going to get rid of cheryl did she says there was a zombie involved we think she might have murdered him we don't know and she has a dissociative he dissociates and starts calling herself blaze and not cheryl oh interesting Mm -hmm. Um, then they are in a new house. Do you know what house that was? Um, like in a, they're in a, oh, they were in a hotel. It was like a hotel. Famous. It's it's like some sort of famous haunted hotel. And Archie's seeing the ghost of Jughead. The Shining Hotel. The Shining Hotel. Yeah. The Overlook. Yeah. Yeah. It could be the Overlook. And so Archie's seeing the ghost of Jughead and talking to him and, uh, uh reggie is going more and more sociopathic and um archie's asked betty to marry him um what else what else what else we're getting flashes to sabrina and what's going on with sabrina she's been uh bulked off to witch neverworld and then Mm -hmm pulled out of there by some greater beings to be sold off as the bride of cthulhu what we get the thing. yeah <laughs> um so she was taken to this alternate dimensiony um asylum by dr lovecraft and he's taken all these other like special children and been sucking their specialness from them and her specialness is spell casting obviously mm-hmm. he's been trying to convince them they're all insane 
um, and not what they think they are and like taking their special skills from them. Mm -hmm. And he sacrificed one to the old gods and then stuck her out in front of the sea and Cthulhu came and now she's the bride of Cthulhu. And um, eventually she comes out and Reggie's like, okay, this is all. He finally comes to the terms of the fact that this is his fault. He was the reason why all of this happened. You know, he killed mm -hmm. Hot Dog. So he's like, I'm going to go and put my sin. He intentionally killed Hot Dog. Yeah. You think he it's a intentionally? Mistake. He mm -hmm. swerved to kill Hot Dog. He was pissed off. Because, because he, yeah. uh, Midge, uh, needed an abortion. Mm -hmm. from because um, it was his baby no no, no no because it was moose baby but yeah. moose doesn't have the money but reggie does reggie's rich uh there's two people in town with the money to pay for an abortion veronica, veronica. who she's not going to go to and reggie who she will because she knows reggie likes her um and so she goes to reggie and she's like i need 500 dollars to get rid of this thing um and he's like you know fuck all this nonsense and he's so pissed off and he is a sociopath they've done the things uh, he checks all the boxes mm -hmm. and he swerves he's got one box that he can't check and it's he can feel love and the only love he feels for the only person is midge uh anyway he swerves and kills hot dog on purpose and so he's like the only thing i can do to fix this is to go and to um like prostate myself prostrate myself in front of hot dog the zombie hot dog and let hot dog kill me or take me or do whatever and maybe it'll fix everything and so he does that but instead of hot dog uh the sabrina bride of cthulhu comes before him and says listen instead of that how about you go kill betty cooper and uh we'll bring midge back and you can have midge what and he's like yeah, that sounds good. I can kill Betty. Yeah. And Wait, that's where that ends. Mm -hmm. And then we get a chapter where we find out that Josie and the Pussycats ha have actually been alive since 1906 or 1907 uh, and are vampires. Yes. Awesome. And they keep on changing their their identities and <laughs> and have been girl groups throughout the yeah. throughout, for the last century and a half. Different uh, groups. So so yeah doing murders well as vampires can i say something really quick yes of course i'm glad i didn't finish past this before <laughs> okay that sounds like a not a i was gonna say something really rude but i won't because it was someone's art and i respect it, is it. madness but yeah. like it is absolute madness that sounds so fucking dumb like <laughs> like on a level that like i don't think i would have enjoyed you know what i mean and that's yeah. part that's part of the reason why I stopped after issue four I mean obvious I'm a fast reader and I I get what I'm reading mm. so my intake's really high so I can read fast but like I started this this afternoon and I could have easily finished all 10 issues and with issue four with hot dog Vegas the dog mm -hmm. And the beating of the dad. Trigger warning, by the way, with Vegas. Yeah, like. I should have said that it, really early on. <laughs> it fucked me up so good. Mm -hmm. I was bawling. I was about to call him at work and be like, I'm, that's it. Like, I can't read anymore. Mm -hmm. So like, it's, 
not that it's not good and I'm sure it's entertaining to a lot of people but like it's it was just once I hit all of that I'm like this isn't fun like Shaun of the Dead this isn't like fun zombies you know I don't know it was just like not what I was wanting it to be I guess but the artwork was wonderful the coloring was great I loved it Vegas was I think the hardest part in the entire series for especially me. with the inner monologue yeah the inner monologue yeah. killed uh, me yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, yeah of everything of yeah so ev- other things around it were fun uh but yeah the death of Vegas that was I thought uh, the beating of hard. the dad because the inner splicing of him like saying I love you to his dad mm-hmm. like that, didn't that hit me so bad <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody tell my dad i love my dad but yeah, yeah, for yeah. some reason the dog i cry <laughs> dad not so much i think it's because also the symbolism of of dogs in in comics and or in anything in media and you know mm-hmm. the, the loyal protectors and that's what mm-hmm. vegas was doing was he was protecting his family and then he ends up becoming you know, a mindless zombie because of of the love that he has for these people. Yeah. And so, so I have a list of pros and cons <laughs> of this. Um, one of my pros, okay, so I like the references to multiple horror franchises in this thing. I, I mean, there was a lot of Stephen King, like as, as you said, like the hotel might as well have been the Overlook Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, him, Archie talking to the ghost of of uh, Jughead was definitely like um, Jack from um, The Shining talking to the bartender ghost. In fact, Jughead's a bartender in the the ghost scene. But serving ice cream sundaes. Yeah, serving ice cream sundaes because- Because they're children. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, and then um, I also like the the other reference is somebody literally says, sometimes dead is better, which is totally from Pet Cemetery. So the both Stephen King references. That was one of the anti-witches for yeah. Sabrina. And so... Okay, but, the two kids in the dance mm-hmm. who were t- saying Freddy Krueger versus Michael Myers. Yeah. I loved that part. Yeah. Because they were just going over like the like like the strengths and the weaknesses of both fictional characters, and, which I really liked. And see, there was, a, there was that and there's the fandom of, of like of old slasher movies, definitely of old zombie movies as well. And see, that was my least favorite part because I don't like um, horror movies. Like I okay. like horror comics, but okay. I don't yeah. like any of that stuff. I, however, am um, an Archie fan. Okay. From way back as a child, oh, I was cool. reading uh, Betty and Veronica Double Digests. So, oh my like, gosh. I, I was here for the Archie stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there were some of it I was like they you know but they I was like oh god they don't really do some of the Archie stuff really well but at the same time um it's one of those Archie side story kind of thing like you know Archie versus the Punisher it's it's weird Archie it's not normal (laughs) Archie so you don't really expect him to do it right right exactly well you know um well my thing was is that when whenever Whenever it was like timeless Archie, because I, I grew like this was definitely like the first comics I read were Archie books from the from the supermarket. And mm-hmm. when it was like timeless stories and like and like and there wasn't really a lot of like referential to modern times, 
I felt like everything worked a lot better then. And, and, and then, right. but, but when, because for example, the cattiness between Betty and Veronica. When um, the world's coming to an end. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it's super cute. Like in the, in the original Archie comics, but when they modernize it, it almost becomes vicious and cruel. And that, that dialogue, that was definitely kind of a con to me was kind of like, they were really mean to each other. <laughs> like, like more, like they've they always been mean to each other, but th this was more of like a, like there was more of like a menace and a maliciousness to it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what it's like. You can't just do the same thing that they, you can't just translate exactly what they did in the fifties to the modern day. If you're doing these characters, like it doesn't work. It's why Kevin works well now, He's because modern. like, if you are going to update these characters, you need to actually update these characters kind of thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like you can, you can't just do exactly the same thing in the fifties. It doesn't really work. You know, he's, Superman's not who he was. Oh, he's yeah. He's different yeah. now. Exactly. Batman's not who he was. He's different now. You've got to do the same thing with these characters. Betty and Veronica can't act exactly the same way. It's creepy. Yeah. Now, now I do think it's it's right in the pool scene when mm. um, Betty Betty's in the library and she's going through all the first edition books and they're talking about how, you know, she's talking about how cool that is and Veronica's like, whatever. Let's go to right. the pool. And they're being bitchy to each other, but there's a couple of moments of tenderness. And when um, when Betty's like, I don't understand why you're in the bathing suit. And Veronica was like, I don't think you're understanding me. And then she's saying, I need to do this to keep sanity, like keep myself sane in essence. Like, I thought that particular scene was really well done because I understand from like a personal perspective of like in times of crises sometimes we do the most inane stupidest shit just to keep from drowning and so like the fact that she was doing I mean that's how I interpreted yeah. that and I really yeah. like appreciated yeah. that in that moment and there yeah, was there was softness there and tenderness and it made that dynamic a little bit more tolerable in those moments because again this is my first intro to all that like the way that they were talking to each other before I'm like what what are they doing like mm -hmm. why are they being like flat out rude yeah. and it was just like it was it was gross to read I'm like what is all of this like even happening? like what's even going on yeah, they were yeah I think that scene worked well I think later on when they brought in Betty's uh, Betty writing about her sister I think some of that worked well where she related like uh, Veronica to her sister and kind of understood Veronica through that lens, yes. like some of the trauma that her, her sister had and some of the trauma that Veronica had. Um, and I think that helped some. Um, there's a, a different comic series, uh, also modern called Betty and Veronica. And I think it does this relationship a little bit better okay it's like, you know this comic isn't focused on doing betty and veronica justice <laughs> yeah no. yeah it's exactly. focused on zombies yeah of course, yeah, of, this course. Was, of course so yeah but I, and i think focusing on zombies that made one of the cons like you're saying brian one of the cons was definitely their 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 dialogue they were yeah. kind of annoying <laughs> i mean if in all honesty if this was a straight out zombie book then and it wasn't based in the Archie universe that would be a little bit different I do like the kitschiness that that 
basing it in such a, a wholesome universe mm. and having something like horrible like this happen. Um, so uh, I've heard, I've heard both that this story is absolutely 100% true. And it's also, I've heard some people say that it's, it, it's not true. And it's like, it's apocryphal. So take it as you want. But have you heard the reason why Archie Comics does a lot of these, these kind of books like Archie versus the Punisher or Archie versus Predator or Afterlife of Archie? And it's because the the two the children of the creators of Archie supposedly hate each other, and they own the Archie line, and they're basically like, I don't want to deal with anything that's Archie. You and like whenever someone comes with a pitch to them, they're like, do it, and that's why there's like a carte blanche of like bringing the Archie universe into all these different perspectives and worlds. I I I believe it, and then at the same time, I also you know, think, well, obviously by, by having it spread through other pop cultures, it's going to just make it more popular. So that's why you're also doing it. I think it's the second one. I think it's, I think if there were carte blanche on, you know, do whatever the heck you want, there would be more of it. Yes. I I think it's way too, way too pointed. Mm-hmm. And, and way too rare for it to just be anything I, I think it's directed I mean the Punisher one is really freaking out there somebody was doing something with that <laughs> maybe somebody had blackmail but yeah. um, <laughs> that's that's a funny one though have you you've read that right surely yeah yeah I mean that's somebody was making a choice there but (laughs) yeah I I think I think if somebody was just like I don't give a crap about this brand I'll put it with anything uh you know like there would be cereal yeah you're right box characters and yeah you know like more Archie meets some Muppet babies or, or you know paw patrol or yeah you know like all the stuff that's popular now there'd be more kids stuff toys Exactly. No, that would Archie, make it more money. Archie versus a zombie Dora. Yeah. <laughs> the Explorer. I would watch yeah. that or read it. That'd be kind of fun. Why the heck not? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there would be more fun. monetary tie-ins. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. that's a really good point because a lot of the stuff, um, you know, like the the Mark Wade like reboot and as well as like um, you know the past chilling adventures like the the Kelly Thompson Sabrina all that stuff is still internal it's still um, it's still the Archie gang being the Archie gang just a little more modernized I've never read any of the modern stuff but I've heard really good things about it I've read uh, the Kelly Thompson Sabrina but that's about it have you not read Jughead I've not read Jughead and I've heard that it's <sighs> fantastic and it's also it's like a it's just a really wonderful inclusive read Oh, we need to do Jughead. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know what? Maybe in the future we'll have an Archie month. Maybe. Oh, that'd be kind of fun. Jughead is just, you know, to clarify, uh, Jughead is important because he was um, written, not originally, but he's kind of become known as um, an asexual character, like oh, cool. Ace Arrow, like hero, because he's not evil or a robot. <laughs> <laughs> He's a human and he's a decent human and uh, he's kind of like, yeah. And he's actually in this modern series, it's Zdarsky, uh, as like straight out says it, asexual and uh, aromantic. Awesome. And it's, yeah, awesome. it's, it's kind of an important book for a lot of people. So 
that's really yeah, we're cool. gonna have to do that at some point and see that's a good way to modernize things and yeah um oh like pros i think like so oh by the way is nancy i looked it up while we were talking was oh the girl uh, with, yeah with um ginger ginger um, nancy and ginger. So, yeah. but i just thought you didn't get to this point um i don't think yet but um when they're out running from riverdale um the most capable people are the gays in this. <laughs> kevin and and ginger take up the bows and arrows and they're the ones basically protecting everybody and hunting for them That's so awesome. i thought that was actually a, a pretty cool idea because i mean um you know back in the 50s that that probably would have not been seen as as something you know you would have never saw that in archie comics period but you know it was great to make 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 the gay characters the most capable characters <laughs> in, in very the book. cool i'm all for that and uh reggie being a complete and utter homophobe yes exactly oh Did i say homophobe yeah is that, is that the right my brain homophobic. almost said homophobe hobo <laughs> he's also a homophobe that, he's, he's, a homophobe. he's just one sound i don't i don't think <laughs> but yeah no just complete so gross towards kevin kevin was there oh. trying to help him they're having yeah. that great conversation where he was like being a real sympathetic ear about his fear about being a sociopath yeah and then and then yeah and then like and then all he he's barely to is, touched his arm or whatever yeah, just give him like a, a like a friendship bro hug essentially oh. and yeah and then he freaks out freaks severely the heck out. because yeah Reggie, kevin's too good for you kevin's not <laughs> yeah, kevin doesn't want you yeah exactly <laughs> you know even even if you were the last man on earth I'm sure. <laughs> he would he would yeah he'd say no thanks when it comes to francesco francovia's work um, I enjoyed it. Obviously, I'm a huge fan. Um, I, I too am. I'm, I'm like I, I love the movie posters that he makes, uh, and and like the uh, the caricatures that he does, like especially for like Black History Month this month this year. Um, he did basically caricatures of black characters in horror movies, and it was it was fantastic. And so I'm a huge fan. Um, I feel like the later issues. Um, around like seven or eight you can tell he's rushed and it can, I, and his artwork is not as crisp as it usually is and that's kind of tragic to me because I love him so much that that like it the, the, the it was definitely noticeable to me because I was just like oh I wish this was a little bit better because I know how good he can be so yeah I can see that at can I see that? Yeah. There was a few panels, seven and eight. Um, yeah. That... Because uh, there was less monster work the later you go, because you got away from all the zombies. True. Oh. So there, you know, they were, it was those later issues, you had more human character work and they were getting grungier, but you didn't have those really cool, like, that one full full page jughead where he's like gnarly and zombified god that was an awesome page yeah um so you didn't have like those kind of things where he's kind of putting all, all of that work into that sort of stuff um i i don't know those later issues 
the 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 Josie and the Pussycats issue I thought had really good work in it. That was my favorite issue, and I do agree. I feel like he took a lot of time on that one. Yeah, he did definitely. And that was ten. That was 10. um, and and Archie was stubble. Yeah, <laughs> that was really well done. I I, I agree. And someone who can't grow a beard, I was very jealous. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, I, mean, I, uh, I, no, it, it definitely, it, it added very well, much. It was still, I, I understand what you're saying. Like it wasn't the level of work I was used to at the beginning, but it was still good work. Yeah. Oh no, don't, don't d- definitely. This is like saying there's a bad Beatles song. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, even there like are the, bad Beatles songs. <laughs> even the worst Beatles song is better than most songs though. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I don't know. There are some crap. Okay, like, Wild Honey. There, there's there are songs I don't know, so they must be crap. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to. That's you, a so. conversation for another podcast. Yes. But uh, but no, I um, but you know I I mean I I even his worst work or is that the worst work in his in these books was still great. Yes. Okay. Great. But it just it wasn't. I I hold I hold him at such a high regard that I I right. had the the the. The lack or the the less quality mm. parts mm. and unfortunately it has more maybe just me, me. the colors were so good oh just they were beautiful consistently gorgeous yes. coloring really lo- well chosen very very sabrina-esque yes i i love i love the oranges and i mean like it's it's like the halloween colors and very halloween color yeah but it's just I, he works so well in those colors and the shades and it fit really well tone wise Mm -hmm. and looked really good on the page and considering there are so many redheads in Riverdale yeah it it fit really well with the character designs Mm -hmm. like you've got a lot of redheads in Riverdale you've got a lot of black-haired girls in Riverdale (laughs) it's so it it worked really well Mm -hmm. character wise like nobody stood out weirdly um so all of it meshed and nothing was um nothing clashed definitely not. beautiful beautiful book to look at yeah you know despite the horror and yeah dead exactly. dogs and all that um but yeah i um i i definitely just yeah the colors are were absolutely wonderful i mean the you know to use a Lovecraft reference, <laughs> they were color in of space, I guess, instead of out of space. <laughs> it made sense. That, that, that makes sense. That was that makes a certain that makes a certain kind of sense, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. The um to, to go back to my not I guess so beloved depth now because mm-hmm. of you know internets, uh, but the the tentacles and the sabrina issue coming out of the water like that was beautifully done because that was a bit of a color difference in the Mm -hmm. um in the sabrina and dr lovecraft issues you've got more blues you've got a little bit more light in those issues because she was out of um kind of they were outside of halloween they were outside of the nightmare a little bit uh so her going and thinking she was in this more beautiful place and with someone she loved Mm -hmm. and then 
the horror of the deep was coming to get her and the the blue and these orange tentacles that was really beautiful paneling really yep. beautiful layout um oh, the art was really good in this book yeah no totally and and i think the 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 lovecraft cthulhu issues with sabrina and the joseph the pussycats issues were my two favorite parts like the, the the side story kind of stuff was like my favorite part of the whole thing in fact i wanted more of the sabrina like lovecraft thing going there on. was yeah there was not enough of the sabrina like you, honestly we all know what happens in a zombie apocalypse i get it <laughs> uh, i could have taken less of that and more um what happens when your aunts banish you to a <laughs> witch netherworld and you get mm-hmm. taken by a you know ancient gods to be sold to cthulhu as a bride or whatever like that's a thing i've not seen many times before in archie world (laughs) and it's also it's and at that time i mean um like you know obviously like like lovecraft count excuse me lovecraft county wasn't on tv or anything like that and we weren't getting a lot of like the lovecraftian horror in in media at the time so uh, neither was Chilling Adventures of Sabrina hadn't come yeah. on yet. Oh that's yeah. True. Oh, so wait, that's the same Sabrina. Same Sabrina. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. I didn't know that. Very cool. So, so, so that's what. So that so so this story moves on to Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, not this story, but it's the same. Oh, oh, it's the same no, character. It's, okay. It's Archie Sabrina. Okay. But it's it's in that same vein. It's not the like cutesy gotcha. Sabrina. It's it's the. You know there are there are different versions just like there are different tones to archie mm-hmm. depending yes. on like who's writing and kind of what feeling you're getting there are different tones to sabrina um and you know like there are happier versions of sabrina like the sabrina from nintendo back in the day nintendo good lord tjf no no the channel that did cartoons. Oh, Nickelodeon. 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 Thank yes. you. Jesus yeah. Christ. My brain is with cheese. Uh, I was really excited about Nintendo game. I know. Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be great. Nintendo, I... get on that shit. Oh, um, but you know, like that was happy and a happy little uh little world she lived in. Um and her Salem was kind of sassy and happy. Um, but like chilling adventures of Sabrina, like she's gonna be married to the devil and it is creepy as shit <laughs> everyone likes to you know? marry off sabrina <laughs> everybody wants to marry sabrina off to somebody but she was you know promised to satan when she was born kind of thing <laughs> wow <laughs> that's definitely creepy. different than the kelly thompson right it's as well. it's good <laughs> yeah i mean I, it's, it's a good show yeah, I, I need to check out the Netflix show as well as the, the original comic. And I hear the Netflix show, like, it's gone past where the comic was before. So mm. definitely want to... I, I like complete stories. Like, I, I, I didn't know that this was um, incomplete until I got to issue 10. And I'm like, what happened to... Yeah. Me either. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was a shock. And yeah. I was like, oh, is it just not... Because we were reading on Comixology Unlimited and we yeah. were doing the volumes. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, is it just the rest of it is pay-by? And, you know, we'll just have to... One day I'll just have to get through the rest of it issue by issue or volume by volume that's not an Unlimited. And I was like, oh, they just have a... What the heck? 2016? <laughs> what yeah. the... No, what? 
Mm-hmm. I hate it when that happens. Exactly. Yeah. I, I went to Wikipedia and did the exact same thing and just wondering, okay, because I, I would have bought the, the the rest of the issues and, and, and had them there because I wanted, obviously, I want closure. <laughs> like the right. The story. So, yeah. They're like, you know, I assume they all died. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> Definitely. Red, you know, Reggie killed Betty because he doesn't give a shit. No. And, you know, and Arch- Archie finally loses it. Yeah. Archie loses it. It was foretold that, you know, Sabrina would marry Cthulhu. So the world's at an end. We're restarting <laughs> over. And we reset history or the timeline. And then we get nice, nice Archie. And then it becomes the Archie TV show on the CW. Exactly. Which is, <laughs> which is awful. I never, yeah, I've never seen it. So I couldn't tell you. So um, sexy. I've not yeah. seen it. I've just seen commercials and I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I like some of the casting that I've seen, but that's about it. I heard from someone that um at one point Betty has to do a strip tease yeah. as an initiation thing. And I'm like, wait, isn't this for children? Like I was because it seems like it was but targeted for like a teen audience. It's a teen audience, yeah. but yeah. it's CW teens. Oh, <laughs> so they weird make, to they me. They even make Green Arrow sexy. So you know. do they really? <laughs> oh, Green well, Arrow so it, sexy. It, it's it, the birth it, of sexy. Yeah, the, the salmon ladder right there. The salmon <laughs> sure. ladder. That was an awakening those, for a lot of people. Those core, <laughs> core muscles and the arms. Yeah, no, yeah. you got to get it. I'm yeah. embarrassed. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, okay. But well, yeah, no, it's it's got the Betty and Jughead thing, which I hate because you know my Jughead, mm-hmm. um, and it's got uh, Archie hooks up with a teacher, which I cannot do. No As a former teacher, I cannot have. Yeah, this is not I don't understand ago. why that's like eroticized that whole thing. That's so weird to me. No, it's never mind. I'm not gonna, I'm not no. going on that tangent. I don't think anyone should have to go on a tangent, it should be understood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bad. Yeah, you're right. Well, um, I think well, about time to uh, move on to our next section before I do, though, or before we do. Uh, do you guys have any r- remaining thoughts, last thoughts? Um, next time, it's my turn to choose. <laughs> Guide me, please. I thought this was going to be really good, too. So I, well, yeah. I, it, I'd not read it, so I couldn't have said yeah. anything, but I yeah. liked it. <laughs> I mean, I, and it's not that it wasn't good, it's just something I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I was kind of, when I started reading it, about by the time I hit issue four, I was like, I don't think Harry's going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and especially with Vegas. I, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, so done. But um, also to you, um, and maybe this was already said and I just missed it, but um, the dialogue between the brother and the sister yeah it's heavily implied that they're Incest. having a, yeah, yeah like in an incestuous relationship right mm-hmm. yeah okay that's yeah that's um that's why she kills them right mm-hmm. probably they okay 
Ar- Archie's narrating to Jughead uh, during that whole talking to the ghost thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and he says, he's explaining the whole Cheryl situation, Cheryl Blaze situation. And he says, you know, we decided to keep her because we decided to trust what she said. Uh, but Cheryl called all the girls to the room and explained the situation. We don't know what happened, the guys, but Betty came back to me and said, do you believe in evil? Because I'm believe beginning to believe in evil. And she looked at me like she had heard something worse than zombie apocalypses. So it's kind of really unsubtly hinting that her brother, I think, pretty obviously had been raping her. Yes. That's awful. It, it, yeah, especially yeah. towards the before he dies. Um, he's very much aggressive and has that total well because right as they're about to enter the dance he grabs her arm mm-hmm. and he's like it's not smart to make me jealous or whatever he yeah. says mm-hmm. and so that's your first glimmer of whatever is going on behind the scenes and there's a thing with the family like when they're doing thanksgiving they have flashbacks to other people's thanksgivings and they flash back to the blossom thanksgiving and the dad's like everybody say what you're thankful for and jason says i'm thankful i'm a twin because i have my sister and uh, cheryl says i'm thankful for my puppy and jason looks really pissed off that cheryl didn't say you know, I'm thankful for Jason. And isn't it implied that he kills the puppy? Yes, he. Yeah. Strang- she says, "I was so surprised that he choked to death on his collar. That doesn't happen real rare, real frequently. But then you see a panel after that where the dog is just off panel. There's a lot of dog death in this. Yeah, book. exactly. And you see his hands and the you see his arms." the hands just off panel and sort of like some lines it's really heavily implied not subtle at all that yeah he killed that puppy mm-hmm. so oh well so yeah, he is remorse for evil him. yeah definitely yeah absolutely no remorse i'm glad she chopped that motherfucker up yeah <laughs> so i actually what issue is that because i'll go back and i'll read that one <laughs> um it's one of the last ones, like eight or something. Oh, okay, cool. I, I should probably finish it. If 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 ten if ten was Josie and the Pussycats, nine was Reggie. Reggie, then eight was probably Cheryl. Cool. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks everybody. No problem. Well, okay, so we're going to move on to our roundtable. Um, and uh, what, Darcy, do you want to introduce the, uh, the subject for this week? I absolutely can. So this, again, comes from Twitter discourse, because I live for Twitter discourse, and that <laughs> I live for getting angry about Twitter discourse. <laughs> There's a thing, if you're on, like, manga Twitter or anime Twitter, that came up this week where this uh, mangaka had part of her bio come up and it said, oh, she's responsible for this and this in her past. And she also used to, or she also uh, was a do- uh, 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 created doujinshi, uh, which is essentially fan comics. Um, and certain people were freaking out about it. Like it was some 
huge embarrassment. And so the round table we're talking about is that is, is the question of is making and selling and being part of the fan creative community prior to being a professional, something people should have to distance themselves from when they become part of the professional and mainstream community. Uh, a lot of fan communities now and in the past and in the future will be um, kind of not safe for work type communities. People involve themselves in all sorts of things. Uh, so safe for work, fan fiction, fan art, fan comics, or not safe for work kind of mm -hmm. type stuff. Uh, should it have any impact on uh, fans and how they regard the work that professionals do? Like if they find out, oh, so-and-so used to write fan fiction for this character that they're now writing professional work for. Oh. Yeah. So, um, my, my first instinct definitely is that the, the answer to me is, is there shouldn't be a distance and that it shouldn't be, um, it, there, should, there shouldn't be uh, a stigma for, for fan, fan work and fan art, especially if someone becomes professional because one, this is where they're starting. This is how they're learning how to become a professional artist or writer is through fan, is through like, like fanfic and through like fan art and, and mm -hmm. stuff. And, and, um, <laughs> and it doesn't matter if it's NSFW or, 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 or safe for work, because, you know, let, let, let the, the artist be the artist and let them choose what they wanted to write and create. Yeah, I think there's this weird, like, um, uh, puritanism that's popped mm -hmm. up recently that's like really strange like when i was a teenager there was this odd push not odd i think perfectly natural push like uh sexuality is okay like we were all out for you know be yourself feel your feelings kind of thing and suddenly there's like this repression that's come into place and artists and authors kind of one need to be able to express themselves more power to it and two kind of need to make money uh, mm -hmm. and this is a way to learn their craft mm -hmm. and make money with their craft like people will pay money for porn it's kind of the same thing don't fuck with people in the sex industry kind of mm -hmm. thing like it's a way to make money and exactly. it's weird that it's so heavily judged and the idea that all fan comics are porn in the first place, like people automatically judge the fact that, oh, doujinshi, they must be doing porn uh, is also not true. Like there's that automatic connection, like, mm -hmm. oh, they're doing fan comics. Obviously they're doing like gay porn kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like exactly. the automatic like, assumption that people are making, which is wrong in the first mm -hmm. part. Yeah. Also, if they are, fucking fine. Yeah. yeah, that's what they want to like, create. I, I own fan comics, and I own fan comics that are 
happy-go-lucky fan stories that will absolutely never see the light of day in DC Comics. <laughs> I also own a love story between Superman and Batman that will never see the light of day in DC Comics because mm-hmm. they're fucking cowards, yeah. <laughs> right? So you own what you own. Yeah. It, made by Thai creatives because, you know, these people in Thailand probably not very likely going to get hired yeah. by DC Comics. So it's it's like they're, you know, making that that choice to be creative in that sphere. But were they to, you shouldn't judge them for doing that because it's them being creative. Yeah, no. Exactly. A- and and I mean, there's so many choices in the world. And if that's not your thing. Like, if you don't want, you know, like, porn, then you don't have to get it. It's it's easily avoidable, you know? I mean, so, but at, at the same time, if, if that's what you're seeking, if you're seeking a, a nice steamy romance between, like, a Batman and Superman, then it should be there. It should definitely be present. And if, like, a writer, I think nothing less of a writer, if that's what they wrote first, and then they end up, you know, writing the, the seminal Daredevil story or something, you know, like, cool (laughs) you know like whatever you know like you know like that let let them let them be what what they want to do and what they feel like is lucrative for them at the moment you know like it's i mean if everyone's insistent that we live in a capitalist society let people be capitalists and let them sell their stuff i think every person that's going to judge someone for selling whatever their creativity creates if they're offended by it, then they should lobby the major companies to hire the creatives. So that way they get paid money more than selling their, and I'm doing air quotes, like selling their fan made comics, have them get contracts. So that way they don't, they can create what people want them to create. I mean, I don't understand judging and like holding that against someone for whatever they're making. I mean, I'm all, I'm all for self-published steamy gay erotica. It's like my jam on Amazon for 99 cents. You can get amazing books and they're self-published and they're so good. And there is a whole line of police gay erotica. (laughs) It brings a whole new meaning to Blue Lives Matter. Just let me put it to you that way. So, but I mean, like, who cares? Just support who you support. And they're going to, if they're going to create something, whether they like, you know, whether it's an SFW or suitable, whatever. I mean, who gives a shit? Just, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't, I don't understand. And it's, and it seems like we're in this dichotomy in like our society anyways that there's like extremists, right? So a lot of us are like, yeah, you do you, whatever, hashtag YOLO, live your life, whatever, whatever. And then there's this whole other side of people. And it's again, an, ex- an extreme in comparison to where people are like, yeah, we're gonna be rude and say things to you and, and cast judgment and all these things behind the anonymity of a keyboard. And we're gonna complain and, give Yelp reviews or whatever, and just be negative. And I don't understand why those two sides have been bred 
I'm going to go back to COVID because I think COVID has a lot to do with all of that shit because people didn't have enough to do for a year. And so they were either super fucking negative and they got emboldened in their trolling or people were so thankful for what little they could do with their lives that they got super excited just for anything. So I say support who you support. Let them let them make what they make. And if this person is making sexy, police-driven gay erotica, then I'm gonna buy the first book because I think it's I just think it's important to um to do all that stuff and for there to be a, a variety of things. And everyone has a an opportunity to do what they want to do and 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 should be able to pursue different crafts and who cares that's my bottom line and i'm going on a tangent so i'm sorry no that's all i was just just gonna add to that that there's a there's kind of a a a perception a lot of people have of like a forced homogeny when it comes to everything and that includes like sexuality and there there's one thing that's probably the one of the most diverse things in the world is people's sexuality and so like you know that should whatever you know as long as it's not hurting anyone else, that should be available, you know? <laughs> and like, if that's what someone wants to create, fine. And like I said, as long as it's not hurting anyone else, then, then there shouldn't be an issue with it. And I think what you're saying there with the diverse sexualities is really important because you find a lot of this stuff happens in fan spaces before it ever happens in, um, the professional spaces and the canon spaces so you see a lot of these things actually appear before they actually appear canonically Mm -hmm. especially like in the big two things that will happen there will have happened in fan fiction or in fan comics way before they ever occurred you had gay characters in comics way before um because people want to be represented they yeah, want to see themselves exactly. in something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so kind of that concept of with, what am I trying to say? With um, like, I hate to use this example because no, I'm not going to use that example. Uh, I'll use a better example. Before even the internet, uh, like this sort of thing existed people just did it like in zines right Mm -hmm. so like people would do fan stories in magazines and print them and send them out uh so like mercedes lackey the author yeah she was actually discovered through this oh cool she did she did marion zimmer bradley kind of fan fiction type stuff um and that's kind of she went from like marion zimmer bradley fan fiction to books you were going to use twilight I was going to use Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was. Uh, and then I moved right the fuck on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but people make that transition. It happens. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it is a way to learn the craft. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing is, too, is that um, to go back to the, the Batman and Superman, like, you know, you won't see them being getting comics, like, on the, to the, the actual characters. But if it wasn't for the fanfic, we would have never got Apollo and and um, 
which are fanfics of in Batman minute, yeah. and Superman. Exactly. <laughs> and and so essentially. Yeah, and 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 that is now you know in the comics world at least mainstream, you know, like and which is great to have and have perfectly the arguably, and I what I think is fun, personally and fun. I mean, kind of annoying, but fun. <laughs> um, all of the major older characters in comics pretty much are being written as fan fiction because yeah. they're being oh, written by fans mm -hmm. uh, and pretty much off canon yeah you know like none of them are who they were as we said earlier mm -hmm. uh, they all have elseworld stories all of those are fan fiction 1602 is fan fiction you know um and then anytime anytime new characters come up riri mm -hmm. kamala khan people yeah. hate mm -hmm. them right they get hate on so hard why do they exist oh they're so terrible it's like oh what you want your fan fiction character yeah, mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. it's also funny that uh fan fiction uh language has gone so normy the mary sue and yeah. the gary sue which no one actually uses properly because we're sexist and we're only going to use it towards women but for males gary yeah. stew but because because all men are capable apparently all men are capable <laughs> but you know it's 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 interesting when you have people who create their own things independent comics mm -hmm. original characters they don't get the attention. No. They, they but don't. people hate on the concept of fan work. Exactly. And 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 you hit the nail on the head when I think like the, the comics that were being especially with the old characters. It's why like Barry Allen keeps coming back from the dead. Because mm. that's who the person who was writing The Flash read as a kid, and they want exactly. to write Barry Allen. They don't want to write Molly West, goddamn them. But you know, like <laughs> I, but I, in a couple of years, it's going to yeah. be Wally West again. Exactly. Because it's How a fan fiction thing. Exactly. And yeah, if, if they gave me the, the, the helm to like Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner would be the main character again. You know, and like I would have Connor Hawk as Green Arrow. And like those are the, because those are the DC characters I grew up with. Yeah. So right. yeah, no, totally. So that was really, that was really well said, Darcy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really like that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay. Well. Yeah, that that just oh, that tweet pissed me off so bad. Yeah. Because it, it's one of those things. It's like Dojin is Dojin. She's not. It's you go to a comic con. People sell their handmade comics. It's not porn. But even if it were porn, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Don't yeah. buy it. Somebody yeah. made this comic. That's yeah. awesome. But wow, people were like, oh, look at them. They're oh, pissed me off so bad. Yeah, exactly. So dumb. Anyway, it was a thing. I got mad about it on Twitter this week. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. No, yeah, I told you that. <laughs> that that's infuriating. Definitely is. Um, well, mm -hmm. uh, any, any final thoughts or? Or should I bring this train too close? This train to a I'm close. I'm fully vaccinated. <laughs> Woo! Yay! 
and That's... I'm going to visit a friend this weekend. Sweet. I'm I'm, full, you... I'm not I'm not just fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated as of two weeks, so I'm oh, fully good. fully vaccinated. So, so are I you vaxxed and waxed and ready for snacks? Vaxxed and waxed and ready for snacks. <laughs> I am going to Arlington. <laughs> I'm seeing friends I have not seen in a decade. Awesome. And I am gonna have a good time. Good for you. I'm That's happy. That's awesome. awesome. So ne- next episode. Unfortunately, you, you won't be with us, but you'll be having fun. So that's yeah, difference. but I'll be having fun and I will listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Listen, and we have a special guest coming too. So that'll well, be awesome for you. Well, I'm happy. Me too. Yeah, that'll be really rad. Yeah, no, that's that's very awesome. And that's Arlington, Texas, right? Arlington, Texas, yes. We're home of the Rangers. Very home cool. of the they can fuck off I'm a, Mariner. <laughs> I'm a mariners fan, fan. Yeah. And, and as, because as, uh, i'm I, I love to hate myself i think i don't know oh, no, I, totally understand. I, I, I grew up an angels fan so <laughs> i i know i know what it is it is to, to root for the, the team that they just can't get over the hump sometimes yeah even even when the angels think that they had the best player in baseball and they still can't Get in the playoffs so oh god each yeah. has a kid oh yeah exactly just, just incredible just yeah. amazing they could never pull it off for him no oh, and then ken, ken griffey jr as well I mean, oh that's ken right griffey jr yeah uh, they've had some fantastic players and uh randy johnson uh-huh. and you know like this can definitely go on oh. um but yeah i uh but yeah <laughs> I, I don't have anything else to say. Let's turn this into a baseball podcast. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's do it. They've been um, doing okay. Baseball deserves better. Baseball deserves better. Players? A lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> but, uh, um, all right. Well, uh, I think that, that might be it for this week then. So um, we have reached the end of our show this week. First of all, big thank you to everyone listening to our show, as always. Uh, if you have a question, suggestion, or a roundtable that you want us to do in the future, uh, you can send us an email to comicsdeservebetter at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cdbpod. Um, check out our website at comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com for all our episodes and socials, as well as a form on our contact page to request a subject for us to do on a future show. Um, and Darcy, where can you be found? I am at books underscore serial on Twitter and books and serial dot wordpress dot com. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do next since I finished that uh, fantastic John Boyega podcast that had yeah. a terrible final episode. <laughs> uh, but I um, think. I mean, I could do another Archie episode. My my first Archie, my first last Archie episode was pretty good. Uh, they had a Nazi invasion. Ooh! Oh! <laughs> they they went all they went all. Uh, Betty Jughead and Archie went all full on and glorious bastard, but PG on a Nazi. It was fabulous. <laughs> that was a few months ago, so maybe I'll do a new one. That's cool. See, proof right there that Archie's been doing crazy stuff since forever. <laughs> crazy stuff they beat the shit out of a nazi it was great nice. <laughs> i'm all for that that's awesome only it wasn't a nazi he was just a guy oh no, oh, no. spoiler but they thought it was <laughs> yeah. um 
Well, you can find me not being a Nazi on Instagram at uh, Brygen underscore CB and Twitter at uh, Brygen two eight one four. If you um, um, once again, I'm going to bring it up. If you want to be friends with me on the Nintendo Switch, uh, <laughs> you're, you're yeah. going through aggressive. We'll one play, day. We'll play uh, Smash Brothers. I got a, a new TV, so oh yeah, we got a 50 inch up. Yeah. So we can, ooh fancy, I'm all, super fancy. I'm all for uh, playing some online games. If you want to co-op or uh, PvP, let's do it. Um, all right, well for uh, for Darcy and Carrie, you didn't I, ask about my social. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna say if if, if Carrie <laughs> wants to find you, then she will find you. But so. You can't find I, I actually, I'm going to pose this. So, dear listeners, if you email questions for us to answer, you, we will have a drawing for a personalized photo from our dog, Johnny, because I want to send someone a photo of him. Because right now, okay, so like when we record, we're recording in a really beautiful studio, aka our bedroom, and Johnny is our dog and if you since now that I'm on the podcast if you hear me giggle in the back it's because he's usually harassing us so he um like for the last hour has just been licking the hell out of our lower half of the that's gonna sound weird lower <laughs> half of the body it really I sounds just, really weird I meant to say feet like, but no, maybe this should be but I was like feet are gross of the body anyways he's licking our feet he's a weird dog and so he's just on my mind right now so email you might win a picture of him with a paw print as a signature yes i feel like doing that because i won't give you my social media stuff but i will i do follow our podcasts and i do like to interact with people but i'm weird so i'm really sorry you can bring this train to a close brian as you said earlier Okay. All right. Well, for for Darcy and Carrie, I'm I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. Remember, everyone, uh, comics deserve better, and everybody deserves comics. Uh, bye, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs> Stay classy. Darcy, when's your birthday? July 2nd. Oh, Ooh. I'm June 2nd. Oh, just a month apart. And I'm December 2nd. We're all, oh. we're all seconds. Six, six months away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. That's actually really cool. If we just found that out really right cool. now. You see, this is, this is why, this is why you all got to listen every, every, these are these great tidbits about birthdays. <laughs> exactly. I hope you two at least knew that. That wasn't new information <laughs> yeah. for the two of know. you. I never, no. <laughs> but, uh, so.